Guest starring John Holmes. Who's John Holmes? Classic porn star. Oh. Anyway. Before my time. Probably straight porn anyways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of straight porn. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) We should probably introduce the podcast before we get to the movie. (laughs) Um Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Cracker Classics, weekly podcast in which we take a classic movie and watch it and find the porn connection to it. <laughs> I'm a little lost just because I know what movie we're watching and I don't know how that factors into straight porn. And I'm not sure I want to know. <laughs> well, there's a lot of overlap in consumption, at least with original Trek. The newer you get in the Trek, the queer the fan base gets but uh uh, okay yeah we're watching the star trek movie yep original 1979 shatner spock boldly going michelle nichols baby oh is that the straight porn connection i don't know (laughs) i understand there's you know fan fiction of many uh things then they devolve into <laughs> pornographic stuff oh, they always do back in the early 2000s it was harry potter fan fiction that got really really dirty Ooh, you think that got dirty you should see some of the game of thrones shit oh dear um, <laughs> anyway oh dear um yeah no there's only a very loose connection between star trek and straight porn okay because there You'd know is better than me so so much Kirk Spock fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, 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 so much. <laughs> I do not consider myself a Star Trek fan. I really don't have a, an issue with the franchise. It's just never anything I got all that into. Uh, but I definitely can't think of any eye candy for myself personally, at least in the original I, lineup. I have young William Shatner. Yeah. And... Definitely young Leonard Nimoy, like... Well, uh, yeah. There's very much... Yeah. And for me, Michelle Nichols is absolutely gorgeous. I can see that, yeah. (laughs) And plenty of background eye candy. Oh, my God. The red shirts. (laughs) The torn red shirts. Oh. Um, I also grew up on Next Generation, which was... That was more attractive, yes. Tasha Yar. Oh, my God. Just Patrick Stewart. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, he's yeah. prettier than Shatner and Nimoy. Oh, God, yes. And the outfits they put Deanna Troy in. Mm-hmm. This is the strangest way we've ever started to talk about a movie. Nothing about the plot or the story or anything, just about the aesthetics <laughs> of it. Well, the titillating aesthetics. To be honest, never seen this one. So we have no idea what it's about. I have no aside idea. Aside from what the this basics, we're boldly going. Somewhere, this is going to happen. I, I, I don't know. This is the motion picture, so I know it's a picture that moves. <laughs> that moves. <laughs> With the exception of the spaceship that's just <laughs> hanging on a string. But the picture is still moving. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm a bad Trekkie. I'm a terrible Trekkie. I love it, but I don't care. Like. Uh. <laughs> I'm not a completionist when it comes to Star Trek by any stretch of the imagination. Well, that's a feat to accomplish these days. It is. But trust me, there are plenty of people who have. Oh, of course. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're the ones that write all the porn. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. That's why we have imaginations. Fanfic is absolutely a valid art form. Mm-hmm. Is this a form of fan fiction? Um, probably. I could see maybe, you know, just sort of going off the original series and capitalizing on it. Yep. With imagination. Yeah. We'll see. I, I don't yeah, know. I really don't know what to expect. Um, I rewatched the original series when I got Paramount Plus and holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> We would have a lot to talk about with the original series. Yes, it broke color barriers, and the idea of putting a Russian on the deck in the height of the Cold War was ridiculously groundbreaking, but holy shit. Um. (laughs) That's one thing to say about Star Trek. There was innovation and groundbreaking like social commentary. It's always had that. It's been a big part of it. It's also been horribly regressive in other ways. Well, that's true. There's a lot of, quote, progressive mediums out there that do that. I Look yeah. at this cool progressive thing we're doing. Don't pay attention to th- this other regressive shit. Ignore th- that's the just fact, for the plot. Ignore the fact that we're both white and male. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of part of the thing with our podcast. Well. We it, talk a big game, but we're both white males. Yeah. There's a smidgen of diversity. <laughs> just any bit. <laughs> There's at least a gay card present. Yeah. Shall we get started? I see would love to. unpornographic this actually is. <laughs> I believe it is rated PG, so. Damn. But it's a 70s PG, so you never yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Sneak something in there. <laughs> we'll be back with some intermission impressions and. And uh, titillation. Boldly going where so many have gone before. Yes. Cosmic. Something, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll be back. <sighs> I'm just guessing here. I think they are, too. <laughs> well. Uh... Logically guessing, of course, because now we have Spock. Yes. Things were all screwy and failing majestically, and then Spock shows up and everything's fine. Ta-da! And this is a lot gayer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Ships backing up into the docking bay of the Enterprise. The way Kirk looks at Spock, I see why the fanfics exist. Yeah. <laughs> and there's whatever's going on with Decker. It could just be one of those hypermasculine warring of overpower sort of thing with Kirk. But I don't know. I'm not convinced. Kirk is... The definitive hypermasculine, which is exactly why, what's her name, the second thing she says to him is, my celibacy vow is on record, sir. To clarify, this is William Shatner's opinion of what hypermasculine is supposed to be. Uh, Just to clarify that. Um, yeah, this is the gayest straight shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it's, it's very thinly homoerotic <laughs> and almost in like an unintentional way yeah you know sometimes you could tell that they were trying to infuse the homoeroticism in there this, here yeah, it's no, just sort is... of there without trying <laughs> purely accidental uh-huh amazingly accidental yeah, it's fine it <laughs> gives me something to, to hold on to in this story that i really just don't care about 
like DeForest Kelly's beard. Uh, well, yeah. It's disappointing that he shaved it almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it was magnificent. But yeah, this is... Oh, wow. There's, yeah, a lot of hyper-masculine tropes in here. Ship's not ready, sir. Well, we leave when I say we leave at this time. Period. Done. But the I'm ship's muscling my way back into ready, being captain of this ship, <laughs> and I don't care what sort of politics or utter in danger that I will bestow upon everyone around me. I want this. Give it to me. In my time frame. Yes. I want it when I want it. Give it. Yep. For I am Captain Kirk. James Tiberius Kirk. I get what I want. Yeah. Yeah, there's some uh, toxicity in here that's not going to be addressed. Oh, no. Not at all. I mean, they're sort of trying with the whole butting heads with Decker and and the the hypochondriac doctor. He's just sort of weird. He was always my favorite character. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yes. Not counting my massive crush on Nichelle Nichols, but he's the level-headed, holy fuck, everyone around me is an idiot guy. (laughs) Kind of. But he also seems useless, probably just because we haven't seen his use come out yet. He's just the one standing around going, well, this is a failure. Look at that. That sucks. He's just pointing out the problems but not solving them. Well, that's because the problems he can solve are the medical ones. We haven't had any medical, like, massive medical issues yet. Aside from Chekhov electrocuting his hand. Which which he was not present for during the medical procedure for that. Yes. Conveniently. But the pain was solved by celibacy. (laughs) (laughs) There are perks to celibacy, I guess. You can heal. Channel your energies (laughs) through your chakras and out of your palms, and you can heal pain in others. Apparently. So I have a question that I never thought to ask before, and and, um, (laughs) either you or the Trekkie fandom out there may have opinions on this question, but why is it called the USS Enterprise? My uh, assumption is that USS stands for United States Ship. Yeah... And it's the United Federation. That's a very good question. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, never I understand it originated from Earth, but are we making some sort of assumption that Earth is now entirely the United States of America? No. In some sort of global dominated oh. thing that happened before the events of Star Trek took place? I don't think so. It's a good, because I don't like that. good question, though. It's entirely possible the USS stands for something else, but I really don't know what that would be. There's sort of global conquest vibes in this Gene Roddenberry, and I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. I'm all for a borderless society, but not through uh, conquest. There we go. What does USS stand for? United Space Ship. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It has nothing to do with America, because <laughs> no. we've moved past that. Now we're a United Federation of Planets, and your little imaginary lines on your itty-bitty planet mean nothing. Uh, it also alternately stands for United Starship. Okay. Thank you for confirming that yep. for me. Good. We don't need uh, divisions like this as we unite to fight the <laughs> intruder in a cloud. The thing. Well, we're not fighting it, and that's why we haven't died yet. True. But we may have to fight. There's always been that little mm, vein throughout here. Well, that's always where we go. We Boldly. Are, we are a warlike people. Yeah, despite ideology trying to convince us otherwise. There was a great line from from the Doctor. Why is any object we don't understand called a thing? 
I like that. I know that we do that. We don't know what it is. So it's it's just this thing. The most basic, vague description that we can make of this thing that we don't know is thing. I get it. But why? Couldn't tell you. At least in here, we're trying to understand the thing <laughs> without just going, kill it. Kill it. I don't understand it. Step on it. Squash it. Well, it's not an entirely unreasonable response, considering what it's come in contact with up to this point. It's True. vaporized yeah. everything, so... But we're trying to be friendly with it. And then we figured out how to be friendly with it. And then the balls of light stopped. Yeah. That was a fun trick. I thought once a weapon was fired, it could not stop. Well, with sufficiently advanced systems, this is... Fair enough. It's blue light, not red light. <laughs> we only have red light. This is a giant cloud thing. It's clearly more advanced than us, which is why it's just a cloud, right? But what's in the cloud? Something Something's coming clearly from the center more of the cloud. <laughs> but uh, it's full of logic at the center. Logic. So says Spock. No emotion. Because logic is superior to emotion. Mm-hmm. According to Spock, at least. Yeah. But he felt the logic I coming from across with the... Him. Well, yeah. Emotions do tend to <laughs> get in the way, make things complicated. Emotions mm. are great, but they cause a lot of problems. They too. will. They do cloud your judgment. See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yes. So in theory, this giant cloud surrounding this nugget of logic is just your judgment, <laughs> and you have to uh, That's... pierce through the cloud of judgment to get to the logical core. So that metaphor. Spock can get his necklace. <laughs> He's going to reject the necklace ultimately anyway when he decides to maintain his emotions. Logically. It's... But I mean, he did get the necklace. They threw it on the ground and then he picked it up like... But then what happened to it? He He's... just sort of picked it up and looked at it and then... How do we know he's not wearing it underneath his outfit? Uh, wouldn't that violate like Starfleet protocol or something? A uh, Vulcan tradition maybe, but... Okay. I think you're allowed jewelry underneath your Starfleet uniform. Who knows, who knows what you're allowed underneath? Technically, when he showed up, he's not Starfleet. He wasn't active. He yeah. wasn't. He was reinstated and assigned all at once after he conned his way onto the bridge. When, that's not quite right. He you, used his connections with the people already on board the ship to get onto the bridge while not an officer. Mm-hmm. Not involved in Starfleet in any way, shape, or form There is definitely some protocol violation in there, wasn't there? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um... <laughs> hey, I know that guy. Bring him up. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's Spock, so it's fine, but is it really? We vouch for him. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> oh. oh, So far, this is a long movie with a bunch of Pointless establishing shots and a ton of introductions. Yep. And now we are at the cloud and it's piercing it. Yeah, the first half hour was strictly introductions. Mm-hmm. Then the next half hour was technical intru- difficulties. <laughs> Introducing the ship and its technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> and now Spock showed up and we can magically communicate with the with the thing, sort of. And go somewhat. warp speed and do this. And yeah, all the yeah. things we couldn't do before. Because Spock is magic. Spock ex machina. Kind of, yeah. That's in here. God showed up and fixed everything. Yep. God is Spock. Hooray! Um, (laughs) 
Yeah. So what happens from here, I don't know. Um, I don't either. I guess it depends on what's actually in the in this cloud and at the center. Of, you know, is it just like a floating orb of advanced consciousness, or is it people? Is it the Klingons? <laughs> it's not the Klingons. They got vaporized right off the bat. True. I don't think we'll be seeing them again. They were just there. They were just there, like everything else in this movie, for fan service. Like, <laughs> yes, this is very much a fan movie. This is fan service, the movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this excuse is me, for the fans, the motion picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a bit lost yeah. in here because I'm not a fan. I don't know enough. There's gotta be things going over my head. I I'm sure there's things going over my head, and, and well. I wouldn't call myself a fan. I enjoy Star Trek. You'd know Very more than so. I would. But I am nowhere near the level of some fans. <laughs> I mean, you've never written a lot, lot of respect for this shit. Absolutely. And I understand it is just not my path. That's basically where I'm at. I have respect. There's definitely things that you can glean from it, but it was never for me. Almost like too much hokiness. And what the fuck for me to really dive into it you know <laughs> not like i'm against sci-fi like i'm a big doctor who fan and stuff but here it always Wait, just seemed to you're i don't know doctor who fan ragging on the hokiness of star trek yes, yes i am are you strictly nine and after no oh, then no. how the fuck <laughs> can you make that statement with a straight face because star trek isn't british british hokiness is better all right, I can't argue with that. See? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That's a valid point. That's really all I got. All right, It's the all best right. I can do. <laughs> if it's British, I'm going to like it better. If the Americans take it and make it American, <laughs> it's not as good. I find it very difficult to argue with that logic, so... <laughs> yay, logic! I won't. I'm the Spock of this episode, yay. <laughs> God! <laughs> <sighs> that in no way makes me Kirk. No, nope. I didn't, didn't nope. say who you were. I'm not not accepting that mantle. Yeah, and I don't think you have it. Be proud. Excellent. Um, we'll we'll contemplate who you are in the second half. I'd like to think I'm a bones, but I'm not that quippy. Yeah, you're you're better than that. I don't know. How I feel about as useless in general. Mm. I exist to comment on things, and that's about it. I suppose. But isn't that me, too? (laughs) Just with a little more logic. (laughs) Today. We're just talking today. (laughs) I have my illogical moments. You can find that in past episodes. Very true. Well, shall we go finish and see what's in the middle of the cloud? See what's getting backed into next. (laughs) Firing balls of light out of the back. Uh, we'll be back with our curtain call. And rain! Because that's what clouds actually make. <laughs> so the, the moral of the story is do not get in the way of Kirk and what he wants, because he will just destroy you and send you off to mind-meld yourself with some organic machine. Yep. Because that's evolution. That part wasn't lost on me. There was this, you know, battle yep. of the hypermasculine wits, and then in the end, he's like, "Decker, go." Yep. 
That's not true. He wanted to do it. Yeah, but... <sighs> there were a lot of pulsing orifices for a straight <laughs> movie. <laughs> uh, yes. There were some ribs for their pleasure. Um, no sign of the clitoris. No, no, no. It was the 70s. Who didn't know that existed? <laughs> Christ's sake, the vagina was on its side. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. This wasn't an abject, awful failure. Somehow I feel warm and fuzzy after watching there it. Is... I'm not sure how, oh, but yeah. I do. There are things to it that I was like, oh, okay, I've, I dig it. Nice concept. But how we got there oh, the and to put up with the awful. acting throughout, I did not need. Um, you forgot to put the quotations around acting. Acting. Because <laughs> nothing in this movie. <laughs> wow. But the accentuating certain <laughs> words. Flailing of my arms. This is me acting. Nobody in this movie could truly be considered acting. Well, I mean, Leonard oh, Nimoy I... did the best he could. Yeah. With the material. When Leonard Nimoy is the best you've got. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that always the case with Star Trek? Yeah, but... uh, Anyway. So, I do have one really nitpicky point. Okay. Voyager 6 disappeared into what we used to call a black hole. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck would you say it like that? Uh, that was interesting. Why wouldn't you call it what you call it now? Like, just either call it a black hole or call it the new space-agey term that you wanted to make up, but yeah. were unable to, which is why you wrote the line, what we used to call a black hole. Maybe it was so that Vidra could understand. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot wrong with this movie. Mm-hmm. That stands out. <laughs> At least once we got into actual like meat of a story, yeah. I was kind of intrigued. Yes. This whole concept of, you know, we sent out these probes, all these Voyager probes, to literally collect information and send it back to us. And something happened with one of the probes, and it just took a lot longer for it to actually send the information back. That was an interesting concept to me. You know, what does happen 300 years from now with these Voyager probes that it would, in theory, still be going and trying to send information back? Yeah, no, it's a great premise. Yeah, it was a good question to ask. And a a lovely twist. Yeah, because I didn't see where it was going. Once V'ger came up, all I could think was the mighty (laughs) V'giny. And in the clouds, like Melvar. Well, the... Which has three L's. <laughs> I've done my fair share of conventions. I know how to spell Melba. Suddenly those episodes make even <laughs> more sense to me than they used to. Oh, Lord. Now, I was definitely aware of the twist. It just didn't register until it showed up. As soon as it showed up, I was like, oh, I right. I felt kind of dumb when that's we got, a thing. actually yeah. met V'ger. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely heard that before, but it mm-hmm. just wasn't. My brain was not connecting the dots. In the end, I was just completely beside myself with the fact that it took two hours plus, and that was really all that we had for the story. Uh, yeah, that was a 30 uh, minute episode. Mm hmm. I mean, Easily. in classic Star Trek fashion, oh my god, threat, evil, dangerous thing. 
Oh my god, no. Oh no, it's just this innocent little thing with a simple solution that we just have to approach with humanity and everything's okay. Don't just Very blow it up. Very classic Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> blow it up. A little more mental effort into it than blow it up mm-hmm. and you're good. Thank you, Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> <laughs> Was he involved in this? Yeah, I think it showed him as a producer or uh, something, you know. As far as I know, he was involved with all of it until yeah, he died. And I don't I quite so. remember when he died, but... Uh, late 90s, early aughts. He was definitely involved with Next Gen and Deep Space Nine and 91. Voyager. Really? Yep. I thought he was involved with Deep Space Nine and Voyager. When did Deep Space Nine start? Just says he was the creator of the original series, the animated series, and The Next Generation. Eh, Deep Space Nine was 93, so... Yeah, that would have been, not have been him. Yeah. No wonder it wasn't as good. So they say. Deep Space Nine is my favorite series. Oh, so. is it? Yeah. I, I hear uh, conflicting opinions from many different people, all on things that I've only maybe seen bits of, so I don't really have an opinion, and I just have to go off theirs, which is really bad, because I should just form my own opinion. Yes. Watch more Star Trek. Eh. Um, eh. You like Doctor Who? Yes, there's more <laughs> there. There's like, quite a bit in Star Trek. But the acting's better in Doctor Who. There's mm, humor Compared and to the original series, yes. Modern <laughs> Trek has much better acting. Eh, fine. Guess Modern Trek is on that. par with Doctor Who reboot. Okay. Because you get some back, back to some of the old Doctor Who's... There is some terrible acting. Of course there is. But there was still humor and whimsy. Get that in track. Not from what I saw. The humor that we experienced in this movie was not intentional. (laughs) No, it was just us making sex jokes. (laughs) Because they were right there. (laughs) They were so blatant. The orifice was closing (laughs) behind them. It it was pulsing. Like it was just in the background, pulsing. And then they closed it tight. (laughs) Spock was the one finger that he'd shot himself in there to probe. And then they got consent, and the whole thing oh, opened. The whole and ship in. went in. <laughs> Come uh, on. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was written by a straight man. <laughs> Who at least got, you know, got consent in the end. That was progressive of the straight man. <laughs> it was, it's progressive for the time, absolutely. <laughs> mm. Got permission before he shoved the whole ship in there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, not without a little unauthorized probing first, because Spock did not yes. get anyone's permission. No. He just sort of Vulcan death gripped one dude, stole a suit, and went out there himself. Because logically, he can do it all on his own, because Spock <laughs> is magic. Spock. I was still beholden to that until, you know, he got rejected and shot back out from the mind meld. <laughs> Then it's like, oh, there are limitations to Spock. Aha. But he found his emotion and found the use of emotion. Yep. He had one glittery tear. So glittery. Yes. <laughs> I, more proof in my aliens are glittery theory from what you call it. From the, I came from outer yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're all descendants of Rip Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Rip Taylor was... Just an alien who visited Earth for the sole purpose of entertaining You us. know, I'm not sure if you can convince me otherwise. I've seen Rip Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just certain people on this planet. Than you human. just kind of wonder, think you're alien. <laughs> it's cool that you are. But don't you think you'd want to let us know? <laughs> well, look at how we treat just people who are different. Yes, but if we ever want to have this idealized Starfleet Federation of Planets a la Star Trek, we've got to start getting that stuff out in the open and getting the general people to be accepting of it. Well, the government says they're aliens now. They admit it. <laughs> Did they? Sort of. Ish. A couple people who worked for the government that the government kind of discredited before they were talking says they're aliens. Well, of course the government's so. going to discredit them before they're talking. I'm not going to give that much credence just because of who is in charge of Congress right now who authorized such a hearing. Well, that's fair. I mean, didn't they have a Jewish space laser hearing right after the alien hearing? <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I know a lot of people got really, really excited about it, <laughs> but grain of salt, I mean, it did not answer any questions for me. Nope. It was interesting that we had that dialogue, but for me, it did not confirm or deny anything. All right, that's So I'm fair. still on the uh, probably, but I need a little more proof, which is kind of how I've been with Show a lot me of the things. alien's wang. <laughs> well, I don't need that much. I guess it depends on the wang. But, It'd be uh, nice, but not. <laughs> I don't need it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Sometimes you don't know what you it. need. <laughs> oh, did I write that line down? It was, oh, it needs, but it doesn't know what. Yep. Which is true. Very much the human condition. <laughs> I need something. I don't know what, but I need it. Yep. That is a very child thing. And we've all had it. Even if you've forgotten, because life. Yep. At one point in time or another, you needed something, but you didn't know what. There is a nice human condition commentary in this movie. Yeah. Even if it's completely shrouded with all of the mechanical pointlessness and long establishing shots. Seriously, this is a half hour episode at best. I could see maybe like an hour special kind of thing. 45 minutes with commercials? Yeah. Yeah, All right, all right, I'll give it that. You know, set up things. But yeah, this was definitely far from a two hour plus movie. Yeah. I didn't need the whole subplot that went nowhere of, I want my ship back. I'm going to usurp my way back on in the Enterprise because I'm Kirk. I didn't need that. I'm going to slap you with my dick. Yeah. Didn't need that. Didn't need to go, oh, look at that cast member I recognize. Oh, look at that cast mm-hmm. member I recognize. There was a lot of that wasn't there. Yeah. Almost didn't even need the whole Spock not getting his fancy necklace because he's not entirely logical. Not really. Yeah. I mean, like that the, also didn't really go anywhere. The entire first hour of the movie could have taken five minutes and would have accomplished the exact same purpose. Yeah, since Spock fixed it all anyways. Yeah. We could have just not had that at all. Would have been nice. Spock <clears throat> is magic. I get it. Move on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Because science is magic. And friendship is magic, too. <laughs> There was a little of that in here, too. And love will save us all. It transcends vows of celibacy when an old space probe disintegrates you and then recreates you. That did get a little weird, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, love sort of was entering into it here. 
but in a well, he's cold a, and barren way. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason that dude wanted to join with Feeger was because the lady that he loved, who was celibate, had already sort of joined with Viger. Without consent. Yeah. She did not consent to that. But he was consenting to follow up with that, because since she's been remade, there's no Bella celibacy anymore. That wasn't stated outright, but no. you could tell that's where his mind was going. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. The pro violated that vow of celibacy <laughs> for me, so now it's fair game. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, you yeah. want to violate our vow of celibacy? <laughs> I don't know how to turn that into, into a Patreon call, but... <laughs> uh, we got a Patreon. <laughs> Send us money to probe our orifices. I don't. I, Whoa. <laughs> I, I shouldn't speak for you on that. For Whoa. <laughs> we consent to you giving us money. <laughs> but that's about it. That's patreon.com slash cracker classics. We've got a website, crackerclassics.com. You can probe the website because <laughs> there's stuff on there to probe. You have our consent for that. <laughs> and remember, uh, Star Trek fans, if you absolutely hated this episode and what we had to say, tell us. Crackerclassics at Gmail. We would love to hear all sides of the Trekkie conversation. <laughs> Sorry, I'm... I don't care that much, but I would love to hear from people anyways. It shows you're listening. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Live long and prosper, everyone. You said the line. Mm-hmm.